So you're a dentist, eh? You're in the right place. This is the Canadian Dentist Podcast with Dr. Carlo Biasucci, where you'll get a truly Canadian approach to building a low-stress, highly profitable practice and live life on your terms. Learn more at TheElitePractice.com. Hey everyone, today I have joining me Timothy Brown, CEO of Roy Corporation here in Canada, and we're going to do a little market update specifically around practice valuations, where things are going, where they are right now. And there's a lot of, you know, certainly a lot of chatter in the market about where things are at. So, uh, Timothy, thanks for joining me, and let's see if we can shed some clarity from the ground on what's going on in the market right now with respect to dental practices. Uh, thanks, Carlo, and thank you to the Elite Practice for having me back. So let's get straight to it. So pre-COVID valuations, uh, COVID period valuations, and now let's call it phase two or reopening COVID valuations. So up until February of 2020, practices were being valued at record highs right across the nation in Canada. Uh, there was a lot of activity in the marketplace from individuals, corporates, associates, uh, small to medium-sized accumulators. So we had a very, very vibrant market for the last five to 10 years. And right up until February, it was going very strong and valuations were peaking in my opinion. Um, and then of course, COVID hit about mid-March 2020. And the argument from a lot of the people in the marketplace, Carlo, was that because practices had closed, uh, there was no revenue in many cases or minor revenue for those treating emergencies, that valuations must be substantially lower. I heard uh, from some of the larger acquisitioners that they felt that everything had been devalued by upwards of 30%, and some people were making offers based upon that premise. Uh, for the clients we were representing, and our company continued to appraise, and we continued to take practices to market for the spring of 2020, uh, we didn't lower valuations a penny. We did not think that a practice being closed for 30 to 90 days should impact value because of its historical track record and of course because of all the predictions we had as to what they would look like when they reopen and what their revenue recovery rate would be. So of course that was a battle all through the spring of 2020. Uh, the buying side, the buying community, bankers, accountants, lawyers and purchasers were trying to drive values down. Um, that, was a, that was a logical approach for them to take but we refused to agree that that would happen. Of course, that was an ongoing debate and no one really won that war. We just believed that the market had froze and we were sticking to February 2020 valuations. Come early June, practices reopened across the nation, various times, various provinces, various protocols. And here we are in, uh, I think it's, it's uh, July 21 that we're recording this. And the large majority of Canadian dental practices have been open for six, seven weeks, some a little less than that, depending on when they uh, started to begin treatment again. The practices are back, Carlo. Oh my goodness. And I know you get a lot of the same data that we get. We have a national view, coast to coast. I have 22 associates out there and we've been polling our clients uh, for June and right up until today in July. The revenues are phenomenal. The booking rates are up. The books are full. Uh, the owners are busy. Hygienists are back. There was a little bit of struggle with hygiene and dental protocols, particularly in Ontario, but pretty much everybody's back to work. Uh, there are a few challenges, of course, with the new protocols. Things are a little slower for some uh, just because of the time and the fallow period between patients. But generally speaking, I would predict that the nation, all dental practices in the nation are hovering between 85 to 95% revenue recovery in a very, very short window in a very short period of time. That's very impressive. 
Now, some people argue that, well, that's just catch up and backlog. And for those who didn't treat emergencies, they're generating revenue from catching up. And while that's true, we see the regular bookings, regular treatment, regular hygiene and preventive care being right back to full book. In fact, some are reporting their books are already extended out to September. Um, their daily revenues are as high, if not higher than before in many cases. And for those that aren't quite back to full revenue, I think they're purposely holding it back. They have decided to err on the side of caution and have larger waiting and fallow periods. And of course, just the day-to-day -day process of dental practice is more time consuming um, for everybody. But at large, it's 85 to 95% revenue recovery. Here we are in the third week of Ju or July, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, that's exactly what our uh, data is showing us. And we have uh, a sort of a backdoor dashboard into everyone's practice that we're working with. And I've seen fully a quarter of our members have had June was the best month they've ever had. Yeah, phenomenal. And now, okay, yes, I know that there is some demand that needs to be uh, you know, handled, but... I'm also seeing that hygiene isn't fully at full capacity yet for most offices, especially in Ontario with the, the discrepancy between the two colleges yep. and such. You know, as that gets back to full pace, it'll only go up. It's, it's you know, where we are now is sort of like, you know, especially for, okay, maybe June was a you know, sort of a one-off, you know, everything just kind of got shoved in there and we worked more hours or whatever we did. But I think as the, the months progress, that's only going to increase as hygiene gets back to full force and people get more comfortable coming to the dentist. And, uh, you know, generally, I, I think that you're, what you're saying is, is exactly what we're seeing in data. So, yes, that's, that's very much the case. I want to ask you one question. I was talking with one of our members fairly recently about uh, an acquisition. Uh, they're trying to buy a practice. And um, the bank is doing some funny business with the financing where they want to hold back some money and see how the pra right. practice does and, you know, sort of keep some money in escrow. And if the, the numbers don't add up to what they think they should or what the buyer is asking, then, you know, they're going to mess with the deal in some way. What do you think about that? Is that a, a long-term thing? Or is that just a short-term, we're not sure what's going on in the market kind of play by the bank? Well, I think all the viewers would agree that Canadian banks by nature are some of the most cautious and conservative lenders in the world. Um, that's why the Canadian banking system is as stable and as secure as it is. And by nature, uh, they want to see a little more time. Bankers focus on periods of time, not one good month or a couple of good days. And we just don't have enough period of time passage yet. So my advice to anybody right now that's selling through our company is ideally, if we could wait and hold the process until September, by example, then we would have a very critical measurement, which is June, July, August, a 90 day window of revenue measurement. And then we can compare that to the June, July, and August 90-day revenue measurement of 19. And I'm quite convinced we're going to see that many practices are almost right back on. Some will exceed and those some will be lower. And those will be the ones who are just purposely holding back the schedule and just feeling out the new system. So you can't blame a bank for saying, we just want a little more time to pass to make sure that this is sustainable. So this is an argument about sustainability of revenue recovery, not just the sudden surge we've seen. And like you say, a lot of people are reporting record Junes. I expect we're going to see the same for July and August. If we also look traditionally, the summer months in Canadian dentistry were typically a little slow. One, because vacations were taken and most doctors aren't taking holidays this summer. We all just had a hundred day sabbatical. So you really should not be taking holidays if you can avoid it. Uh, the demand is there by the patients we can see. Most staff have returned to practice. Some can't, some won't. So what? There are other staff that are looking for work. There's many people in the nation out of work who can perform 
dental reception or dental assisting duties. So when the banks are saying to the purchasers, you know, maybe we should just advance 80 to 90% of the amount you've paid. They're not trying to reduce values. They're just trying to reduce their short-term risk exposure because they just want to see a little more passage of time to make sure this is actually going to hold. Anytime we've had a recession in Canada or other viruses like SARS or when AIDS hit in the 80s, different things like that, dentistry has proven to be one of the most recession resilient industries in the world. And healthcare at large always does that. And also, I think we need to remember that summer of 2020, uh, many Canadians are not taking holidays because they just had three or four months off work. So they're continuing to work. The children don't have anywhere to go in many cases. Camps aren't open. Uh, you know, some people go to the cottage maybe, but we have a large volume of people that are still idle or fully idled or semi-idled. And parents are thinking, well, what should we do? Well, let's take all the kids to the dentist. Like, you know, we're not taking holidays. They're not in camp. Uh, the kids are kind of driving some of the parents crazy. So why not take them to the dentist and dump them on you guys for an hour or two? So we are going to see a record summer revenue rate in Canada. I do want to wait till August 31 so I can get a 90-day measurement, June, July, August. I think it will exceed the same period in 19. And come September, I think you'll see that the banks, the accountants, the lawyers, the bankers, the buyer dentists, most importantly, are all now convinced that, wow, dentistry is recession resilient. We're back on track and I'm ready to buy and banks will be ready to lend. So we just have to give it a little more time. Yeah, I completely agree. I've been saying this for as long as I've been working with uh, other dentists, you know, we are and we can really be in our own little economic bubble and just about ignore almost everything that's going on around us, given that dentistry is, as you said, very recession proof, very, you know, resilient based, regardless of what's happening in the economy. And we really can make, so long as we are approaching our community and our marketing and such in, in a way that's not tone deaf to what's actually happening in the world, but we are in a position where we don't have to be so concerned about the ups and downs. People have teeth, they need them fixed, dental right. problems exist, and the better offices, the people who are handling their patient base, basically with a five-star experience that are doing the best job, sure. that are treatment planning comprehensively, that are you know, just basically really community-oriented offices will do better no matter what, as they would have even in good times, but even more so now, and I, you know, I've been preaching that this is a time to capture some market share for those offices that are really, oh, yeah. you know, ahead of the curve and, and pushing to be, you know, to be proactive, to get the word out there, what they're doing uh, to make their dental office safe and so on. And, and that's why I believe we're seeing such a significant growth right now and will continue to. And as you said, yes, the, the trend overall should be up. And if it continues that way into the fall, then, you know, I, I don't see uh, really any concern. What, what do you find in terms of practices buying, selling right now? Is, that, is there a strong market? Is everyone hesitating? Where are we at? Uh, three things that just came out of what you just mentioned. So I want to talk about the dentistry bubble, why it's so unique. I want to talk about those practices that are being tone deaf to patient needs and concerns. And then let's talk, first of all, about your last question about the market. Um, we have to remember that there's thousands of dental associates in Canada, and many of them were severely impacted by the closure. Uh, they have very little job security in many cases. Many dental associates have been asked to return to work, but not at their previous schedules. Uh, the owners, in many cases, are kind of hoarding the schedule because the owners want to be busy, and many mid- and late-career dentists are actually expanding their schedules to take extra patients, take extra hours, because they want to get some of their money back. And that's a natural process that owners 
have that privilege and many of them are exercising it. So because of that, we have thousands of dental associates in Canada who are looking at their career options. Will I return to work? Have I returned to work? At what level am I working? Uh, what kind of patient load am I seeing? Dental associates have roughly three options. Continue to be an associate and be patient and wait to get back to full-time schedule. Some of you are, some of you aren't. Uh, start up a brand new practice, a cold start from scratch. And I'm quite convinced that all the national banks in Canada are not interested in financing those right now. Just not now. They will continue to start doing that again, but not now. They want revenue, immediate cash flow, being patient for someone to reach break even over a two or three year period is just not where the banks are right now. Uh, the third option, of course, is buy a practice. And practices have proven to be bouncing back very quickly. I think buyers should approach all of this with the exact same caution we talked about, which is just wait a little while. Yes, there's practices for sale in Canada. Today, we're getting offers on practices. Banks are financing them. In many cases, they're doing 100% financing for the closures. We're closing practices last week, this week, next week. For those with strong credit, you'll get your money and you'll probably get 100%. Um, so buy a practice, by all means. This is summer. If you're an associate and you're a little bit idle, this is a perfect time to get out and talk to the brokers of Canada and look at the opportunities available. But I think it's very important to remember that a lot of the senior dentists that own these established practices, they've decided to follow our advice, which is, Tim, I'm going to go back to work June, July, and August. I'm going to work my tail off. I'm going to fill my book. I'm going to advance book into the future in the fall. I really haven't used my associates as much as I typically would because I want to get this thing back on the rails. And this is a proud, you know, stubborn nature of the profession, which is I'm going back to work. I'm going to make this work and I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And come September, we are likely to see a huge surge in listings for those that followed our advice, which is just wait, get open, get busy, get booked and prove everybody wrong. And come September, um, I can estimate and predict that our company will see probably a doubling of the volume of listings because of the delay and the lag. Um, you know, it, it's quite a phenomenon that it's very easy for our company to predict listing volume in the future because we just look at our incoming appraisal volume. Incoming appraisal volume is very similar in my business to a dental practice where you see incoming new patient flow. All the treatment doesn't happen right away when you get new patients, but you, you can predict and see an increase in treatment plan acceptance and revenue when new patient flow increases. My business is identical. When we see appraisal volume increase, and ours has doubled in the last 120 days, we doubled our appraisal volume over the same period last year. Well, that's a very strong leading indicator of the number of the people that will choose to exit this fall or possibly delayed into 2021. We have to remember that there's in Canada, we have about 25,000 dentists, give or take, and about 15,000 of those dentists are over 50 years of age. And some of them just don't like the new dentistry. They don't like the new normal. They don't like the new rules. Uh, they're not quite ready to sell yet, but they're ordering appraisals. And that is the beginning of the exit phase. So I've been predicting a great race to the exit gates, I call it, for years. And I think this has accelerated it for a large part of the profession, but just not yet. We're still in planning, we're still in reopening, we're still improving that our practices are vibrant. Come September, October, I think that the viewers who are subscribers to our new listing service, which is our methodology of communicating new opportunities, it's gonna skyrocket. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say this, that this particular virus and this event has been very good for the brokers and appraisers of Canada. It certainly has for our company. I can't speak for the others, we don't talk about our numbers appraisal volume is way up which means listing volume will be up way up so for those interested in buying you should see a great selection and opportunities come in the fall of 2020. Excellent 
So I guess the, the general message is the same. Let's stick to the plan. Let's get busy. Let's get focused. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the fall. But that's uh, if, if anyone's interested in, uh, you know, potentially exiting, the time to be appraising and digging into that would be now, you'd just say? Absolutely, because we're still going to use a three-year historical track record. Um, and we will use part of 2020. We'll put a little asterisk on every appraisal for the COVID closure. But let me just jump back. I did want to say something about the bubble of dentistry. Um, Canada's going into recession. We're already there. The economists just haven't published the numbers and admitted it. Yeah. Uh, we have massive soaring federal debt. We can all measure that out. I think, you know, various predictions are the GDP of Canada will go down six, seven, eight percent when 2020 is in the books and it's finally been measured. That indicates lower economic productivity for some industries. Uh, that means less employment for some industries, probably means less dental benefits for a number of industries. It's highly predictable that the federal government will approach some of the larger organizations who are into permanent lay, uh, terminations, not temporary layoffs, not government supported uh, income. I think some of these large corporations of Canada will turn and say, we have to let 5,000 people go, whatever the number of employees are. It's very, very likely that the government will either subsidize or support ongoing benefits for permanent job losses. Once the government wants to get some of these employees off the payroll of the government subsidies, uh, and corporations will probably pay three, six, nine months uh, uh, departing package to some of these employees, which is a cash windfall to try and get you through. But they may also say, look, you know, IBM, Google, whoever they are, if you have to lay off 5,000 people, can you give them benefits for a year or two? just as another departing gift. So at least the family has healthcare benefits, including dental. So even though we're likely to have a substantial amount of long-term employment terminations, severances, whatever you want to call it, I think it's entirely possible either the government will subsidize ongoing benefits or the employers will be mandated to keep the benefits plans in place until these people are able to try to find new and effective employment. Because the government can't have all these people off employment they can't continue with these subsidies forever, the CEWS and the Serbs and what you call them. And they can't afford to have a couple of hundred thousand or a couple of million Canadians sitting at home on unemployment insurance. And if they're without benefits during that time, we have another whole crisis forming in healthcare that then Canadians will lack healthcare and we'll have another huge problem in the future if people don't seek adequate healthcare. And dentistry is certainly at the top of that list. So the bubble that we're in, yes, we're in recession. Yes, we're going into recession. Yes, we're going to stay in recession. Yes, there's going to be job losses. I think that people may have ongoing benefits packages or at the very least, dentistry will prove to be latent recession affected because as employment loss happens and, and benefits uh, do diminish in some cases, dentistry continues to march on through this. And we've seen it in every recession before this. Most dental practices are rarely affected by immediate recessions or long-term lingering recessions. Sure, some practices that are in uh, certain communities and certain demographics will suffer, but how much and to what extent? Historically, we just don't see a lot of damage. Nothing you can't survive, nothing you can't just pare down your staff, maybe pare down some of your expenditures and overhead and carry forwards. And before I finish, I just wanna talk about the tone deafness of some members of the profession. Uh, yeah, it's a little disturbing what happened to some. It's, it's, I've had clients who are quite frankly depressed. Um, now you're back at work. There's some renewed optimism. You must communicate with your patient base. And there's so many ways to do that. And Carlo, I know that you have an empirical program at the Elite Practice that teaches people to not be tone deaf. 
In fact, you're teaching practitioners to be extremely proactive and communicative and your systems and your methodology that you evidence very effectively when we appraise and sold your practice for you. If people employ that, they'll be fine. You might have a few cowardly patients that don't want to come into dental office. You may have some people that are having some financial difficulties. Many Canadians are. Dentistry will survive this if you communicate and stay positive and stay at it and go to work, doctors. Just go to work. We'll get through this. Better than most. Better than most industries. Exactly. And I think that uh, what we've discussed so far is equally true Canada, U.S., and pretty much anywhere. Yeah. I don't get a lot of global data, and I, I have lots of communications in the United States with people that do what I do, but I'm really just following Canada. That's my core competency, and we're doing fine. Canadian dentistry is back on the rails. It's solid. It's exceeding expectations in many cases. I believe it is fully sustainable. And maybe one more thing. I know we're going a little longer than we thought. Uh, you know, the second wave. The second wave is here already, I think. Uh, hasn't been announced. Uh, we may be reverting back to some of the essential and non-essential service closures. My prediction is that Canadian dentistry will be deemed essential if a second wave comes and we go backwards because you've already met or exceeded all the protocols that have been required by your regulatory bodies. Obviously, your patients and your staff are back at work in most cases. I believe in second wave, Canadian dentistry will not be forced to close and restrict aerosol generating procedures because you've basically all become mini surgical hospitals. And what you're doing is exceeding what I've seen happening in just about all the other types of establishments I've visited. Uh, dentistry is safe. You've proven it. Carlo, are you aware of any single case of COVID being contracted in a dental office in Canada yet? Yeah, that's, that's exactly the point. Yeah. I haven't heard one, and maybe the members have, and they might want to let us know, but I haven't heard of anything, nothing in the news. So Canadian dental practice is safe, and there's no reason you would be considered to be non-essential in the future, and I don't think they'll be restricting, because you've done everything you need to do to manage AGPs, so, you know, the fallow periods, the air exchanges per hour. I was in an office the other day. The guys got it up to 58 air exchanges per hour for about twenty or 30000 in modifications. He's fine. It costs a little money, and yes, he might work a little bit slower, He's fine. His period, uh, two weeks end of June versus two weeks end of June 19, he's off by about a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's exactly for a large right. busy practice. He's bang on. Yeah, so we should be just fine going. It doesn't matter yeah, what comes it. in the next couple quarters. We've we've done all the hard work. We've done the heavy lifting. We've got a great. You're already built into it. Canadian dentistry. You're there. You're fine. There's no reason a government should come along and shut you down again. Yeah. There's just it makes no sense, and that affects employment again. Affects Canadian healthcare. Uh, you know, I think dentistry is going to survive the second wave, which by all indicators is already here and likely to increase. I mean, we all read the same news. It's sad. Canadians are behaving badly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm personally, I'm wearing a mask every day. Yes, I have my logo put on mine. I'm masking every day everywhere I go. I still see a lot of people not, and that's a public health matter. I don't want to comment any further. Yeah, that's another rabbit hole. But, you know, I can not tell you the, uh, our data from our, for our U.S. members who are listening is the same. Uh, it, it, right down to the production back to pre-COVID numbers. Um, Good. It's, everyone has just exploded out of the gate. So Canada and U.S. numbers, from what I'm seeing, uh, pr pretty well exactly the same. So Yeah, no, it's a great profession, a great time. Recession resilient. Carry on. Come September. Final prediction. Uh, come September, when we see the numbers, like I say, 90 days, summer, 20 versus 19, I think it's only going to prove the recession resilience of dentistry even more. And I'm already drafting and preparing a paper that I think the valuation of every Canadian dental practice will go up in September. And I think that banks will believe that, accountants will believe it. 
because where else can you, you know, invest your time or your money and be this secure on such short notice? I just don't know very many other industries to do this. So yeah, I that's the a Canadian good angle. Industries, yeah. I think you're going to see a, rev, a, a yeah. practice valuation lift in September purely because dentistry is going to prove a great investment. Uh, for those of you who have a copy of my book, it's by blind why a dental practice is an exceptional investment. I think for those that didn't buy a practice and were, you know, nervous and afraid in the spring or summer of 2020 may regret that. I don't, we're not going to see a doubling of valuation in the fall, but it's entirely possible every Canadian dental practice could go up five to 10% this fall. And I believe the banks will be in support of that. So if you're thinking of buying, get out there now. If you don't have a copy of my book, uh, info at roycorp.com, I-N-F-O at R-O-I-C-O-R-P.com. We'll get you a free copy of my book. I know Carlo's promoted. I also promote Carlo's book. If you don't have a free copy, ask Carlo, but I'm sure all the viewers do. And uh, let's just get back to work and be confident. We're lucky to be Canadian. We're lucky to be in the dental industry. This is a phenomenal industry, and I'm very, very privileged to serve it. Awesome. Timothy, thanks so much for joining me. That was uh, great information, great insight, and uh, I appreciate having you. Thank you. Thanks, Carlo. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Canadian Dentist Podcast. If you want to know how Dr. Biasucci tripled his practice in three years and cut his work week in half, request your free information kit at theelitepractice.com.